Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Okay, so we're standing at the uh, trailhead for the Kilauea Iki trail. trail, which is the thing that brings you down into the... Um, across the caldera, basically. The caldera. Caldera yeah. meaning like the area of land that has been made on top of what was once an active lava flow. Thanks, dictionary.com. That's what I just came up with right now. Right. DustinBallardShenary.com. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're standing by parking lot, mm-hmm. but it's, it's no longer in use. So, some of the EK Trail, you used to be able to loop. You would be able to go through the crater and then come back up and loop around onto Crater Rim Road or the, onto the Crater Rim Trail. And that, because of the eruption last year, is no longer possible. Yes. Yeah, so you. So we won't be able to make a loop. It's going to be a there and back. And um, we're about to get started. I'm looking for adventure. I want to follow on the trail. Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails. Get up when the stars still fill the sky. Don't wake the sun. There's so much to be done. And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze At the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you I'll follow you there. Welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, where we explore the trails of America's national parks. One trail, one park, 
at a time. In our last episode, we traveled to Hawaii Volcanoes on Big Island, Hawaii. Here we spent the first part of our day on the Sulphur Banks Trail, the Crater Rim Trail, and the Halamaumau Trail. It was our first day in Hawaii. We hit the trails right away. We hit the trails right away. Right. At the end of our last episode, we finished the Halamaumau Trail. We came back up. That still brought us to like roughly right near the visitor mm-hmm. center. We looked at the map and we decided that we wanted to explore the only trail currently that leads you through a crater in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Now, I do think when we were there, we did keep referring to this crater that we were walking over as a caldera. Right. And I think that's a little inaccurate, actually. Yeah. We were crossing the Kilauea Iki Crater, but we did uh, sometimes refer to it as the Kilauea Iki Caldera. But it is a crater. Yeah. And what is the difference between a crater and a caldera? So a crater is a vent for volcanic activity. A caldera is a larger type of crater that's either formed through volcanic activity or collapse. And so we were on our way to do the Kilauea Iki Crater Trail. But it's called the Kilauea Iki Trail. Mm-hmm. With all of the closures, it looked that to be about two miles and some change. But the park ranger had mentioned that it might take a while, like yeah. almost four hours. Yeah, there was that like little bit of concern there. And I think we both looked at each other like, I don't think it's really going to take us that long to do that. But the park rangers are really great sources of information. The shame of the closures was that the EK Crater Trail is actually like a loop. It would actually have been a loop. Um, but we could have connected to the Waldron Ledge and the Crater Rim Trail on that like offshoot there. So there would have been more of a connection. But because of those closures, we were kind of forced to go there and back on this trail too. Right. So we left the visitor center and we had to get in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to drive. We drove to the parking area for the Kilauea Iki Trail. Actually, it was an alternate parking area because oh, we yeah. actually had to hike a little bit down to like where the actual technical air quotes trailhead is but because there were closures because like i think that parking area was damaged if you remember when we hiked there there was a lot of cones and things that were up we actually hiked i think a good 15 minutes or so before we actually got to that basically an additional mile there now once we started making our way down we were back in gorgeous beautiful rainforest right it was really picturesque it was a little hotter and a little more humidity here yeah once you descended you had to do like a bit of switchbacks yeah before it like would spit you out onto the crater one of the cool things too was like right when we got out of the car and started on the trail you have a pretty good view into the crater itself even from that kind of ledge of the parking lot but the further you go out on that trail before you hit the next parking lot which is the technical trailhead along the way you're actually seeing into the crater and the cool thing is is that you can you're high up but you can still see people crossing the crater and even though you could see the people there was still like a very clearly worn path like where the or the hardened magma the rock was worn away so it was a little lighter so you could kind of actually see the trail from above without even having to see the people which was really neat looking at it from up there i definitely was like oh it this doesn't seem that like it's terribly far. No. Like, you don't have to go that far no. out there for this. But I do feel like this trail did pack some surprises. So we're on these switchbacks, and um, it's just like beautiful rainforest on all sides of these switchbacks. 
Right. So we're anticipating it being a really fun time for us on the way back up. <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. We're making our way down toward the um, caldera. Caldera. And we'll definitely like be reapplying our Elizabethan um, white face paint makeup slash suntan lotion when we get there. We have this suntan lotion that we um, picked up at our Airbnb. It is baby suntan lotion, so it works really well. But it definitely like uh, turns your. It's like putting on foundation, like clown white foundation. And we made it down to the. Uh, the surface of the caldera and there are quite a few people on this trail like it looks it looks so much further from up top and it looks so much shorter now that we're here i don't think it's going to take terribly long to cross it but i mean there is the event that we had so maybe we're not sure right now i'm not sure either the um the volunteer park ranger did mention that this could take up to four hours we've made it down here which is like what feels like the halfway point or a little further in 15 minutes 20 minutes 20 minutes so we'll see and that's not moving fast that's just like the trail wasn't very long was super windy that day as you can hear in the recording so when you first got down you kind of encounter it was like larger steps down into the main body of the crater and the crater itself is like a really incredibly open space i just remember looking out into the distance and and feeling like the walls of the crater didn't really seem that far up um even though we were standing like right next to one of them it really wasn't until you got a lot closer to those walls you were able to kind of tell the height of everything and how far things were. Also, I think it was really hard for us to tell like how cracked the surface of the crater was. Despite the vastness of the crater and the very open space, we could only really see very clearly what was like, I don't know, like 50 yards in front of us, not a great distance. I just remember being shocked by that as we kind of got closer to these larger, more massive cracks in the earth. I think one of the first things you did was kind of like bend down and like touch the rock too, because it had a very different sort of feel from what we were used to hiking on Um, oh yeah i mean it was firm mm -hmm. but it also kind of felt brittle at the same time and so yeah that was interesting i heard someone on this trail say the reason why you don't have pickaxe climbers in hawaii is that because volcanic rock is so brittle yeah oh yeah that makes a lot of sense we got down to the bottom and there were people like coming back there were a lot of people that were right behind us or right with us as we were hiking down it was very crowded down at the base but once you got out onto the crater itself things really opened up so even though you might have been with other people you felt very small and this very oh, big crater. Yes. Yeah. It was it felt very big around right. you. I mean it felt like you were inside of like a giant bowl. Yeah. You know, like at the bottom of it as you were walking across. And it looked really flat mm-hmm. from the rim. Yeah. But then inside of it, it was not flat. There was nothing right. flat about it. Wasn't it wasn't I mean, like, it wasn't crazy. There were parts that we couldn't see from the rim that were a little bit more of like undulating terrain. But like that main plane that we kind of passed over in the beginning was flat-ish. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. crazy there. No, right it away. wasn't crazy there. But, but it's it, not like. No, it's not like a paved road by any means. Or even like a flat path. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
it's like a whole bunch of like flattish rocks that have sort of broken apart and are sort of still near each other. Yeah. We could see that there are these kind of gigantic cairns also persisted here that kind of led you across the fields of the crater. Bigger rock piled cairns than we were really used to, which typically, like you had said in the last episode, or just a small pile of rocks for but the most part. But this was more like a Karen pyramid. Yeah. 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 And I did see there were a couple of people who had like braided some long grass and had yeah, like or palm. M- and palm and had made some like beautiful like crowns and left them at the top of one of these Karens. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was neat. Yeah. So we were making our way across the crater and we are following the Karens, which the Hawaiian word for Karen is Ahu. So we were following the Ahu just straight across the crater. We could see some kind of bend in the trail coming up. Okay, so we have now hiked across the caldera. Yeah, it's a lot longer than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh my god, so much longer. And not that bend I said was there was a bend and we there, go beyond it. There was a bend and we see where we need to go. And we can see the end. Um but that trail that we were just I mean this that was not flat or no. smooth. No, not it, it looked very different from above. And there were lots of cracks in the earth. So cracks I can imagine like lava glow would come through if there was any active lava here currently currently but there is not no. not as of September of 2018 and with that let's take a break this game is called one letter change the way this works is it's a pair of two words they're just one letter different and so you have to um, try and get the person to guess the two words mm-hmm. based on a clue. Yeah, it's fun and, and very annoying sometimes. It yeah. is. And we played this a lot on this day in Hawaii Volcanoes. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, why don't you start us off? Okay. An angry storm drain. An angry storm drain. Mm-hmm. Is gutter one of the words? Mm-mm. No. No. An angry storm drain. Oh, I don't know. An irate great. An irate great. <laughs> yeah. That is very good. Yeah. Well done. That was crafty, right? That was crafty. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mine hmm. is a flame held by Fran Drescher while in character. A nanny fanny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a fine fire. Oh, there you go. Because her last name was Fine. Fran Fine. There you go. I know. Our second Fran Drescher reference here in Hawaii Volcanoes. That's right. She's our new Amy Adams. She, for this season. Maybe for, for season. season two. That's yeah. who she is. It's Fran Drescher. After walking out on the crater for what is like a seemingly flat trail, eventually you hit this point where things get really topsy-turvy. Before we kind of talk about that, I think one of the things that started to really happen that we started to see that we were unable to see from the rim is the amount of, like, I I hesitate to say tectonic shift, but the amount of, like, earth shift where there were, like, really big cracks within the crater itself where there was, like, rock pushed against rock to create these really interesting earth formations 
it looked like very chaotic, even though it was calm right now. And I think from that chaos, the interesting thing was there were these flowering, like red flowering shrubs, like all throughout, like wherever they could kind of get hold in those cracks. And I thought that was like such a beautiful example of nature's artistry. Yeah, I think it just goes to show that life does find a way. Thank you, uh, Jeff Goldblum (laughs) as Dr. Malcolm. Yes. But like it really, it really was such a sharp contrast to this very harsh surrounding area to see this beautiful like red blossom and beautiful plant life kind of coming out of the ground or coming out of the the crater. Like I said, the further we got out, things started to kind of get a little topsy-turvy. At this point, there was a family that was kind of hiking along with us. They were a little further back. It was like a mom and dad and like a, a pretty little kid. Like, he was like, yeah, I don't and know, they like were five. like pretty separated. They in were like really separated. Lots of different pla- and it was yeah. like I was trusting that they just had eyes on yeah on him. We also did see a family coming back. It was a, like a mom and a dad. There were like two little girls, and then there was another baby in like a like a backpack yes. too. So it's great because I think what you can kind of take away from Hawaii volcanoes is that this is a really family friendly sort of national park, and oh, that. Yeah. The trails, at least the ones that were available to us, are really accessible and really easy to do, especially for people that might like not be able to hike great distances or hike treacherous terrain. Like I do feel like there there was was a lot of accessibility. There was a lot of accessibility in that way. I also, I love it when there are kids in national parks. Just get your kids there. Yeah. It's the best. And there is this belief that, you know, if you, you know, get your infants out in nature that they will be more connected to nature as adults. Yeah. It's and a beautiful thing. I and think we need it's, that. I think we need that. And I think, yeah. you know, we generally speaking, I think we need a bigger connection to nature, like you know, from like the core of ourselves, <laughs> like, yeah. like 55 years yeah. ago, but yeah, yeah, or more. Yeah. But yeah. That's for another podcast. That's for another time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Another episode, yeah. another time. But, but this uh, trail at this time was getting, now it was getting a little treacherous. Yeah. It never felt dangerous. You have to be very careful where you're placing your foot so that you can, make your way through it and you're climbing a little bit more too as opposed to like a relatively flat like pretty long jaunt across most of the crater i also noticed this was a moment a a little bit where like you kind of couldn't fully see what the intended trail was like there definitely was like an intended end toward the other side but getting there it was very gray and very black at times and you just like you couldn't really tell which way you should be going. One other thing that I tended to notice too, because there were a lot of people that were on the trail um, and there were a lot of people that were behind us when we were hiking on the trail. I feel like a lot of people got to that point where things started to kind of like that bend and things started to get a little bit more challenging. And a lot of people were just like, no, I'm going to dip out now. And that's fine. I mean, there, nothing ever says you have to hit this terminal point on a trail. There have been plenty of times where, for one reason or another, um, because we've lost the trail completely due to snow, um, because we've run into spiders that were the sizes of our faces, yep. um, that we have definitely just said, 
thank you for being of service for us today, but we're done. And exactly. I think that that is like a beautiful thing to you be able to recognize that. Listen to yourself, but listen to nature. It was really interesting because there were a lot of people that just were like, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> right. But we did eventually make it to the other side and we finally got to what would you would consider the end of this trail now because there was more one could do, but it was blocked off. Right. It would basically take you up and kind of connect you along the rim of the crater back to the starting point of the second parking lot. But yeah, at this point, NPS had kind of closed that section off. Yes. But we did sit there and have a snack. So we're snacking. We made it to the end. We're here. We're overlooking the Kilauea Aki Crater mm-hmm. on the end of the Kilauea Aki Trail. For right now, yeah. Because you can't really continue on the trail from where from where we're at. Sorry, something was stuck in my throat. <laughs> something usually is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're looking at is like, it is a dark gray-brown kind of like magma or like uh, I guess it's magma is that what you would call it I am not dried or a volcanologist rock that is like once was lava Mm -hmm. but the landscape looks a little like what Mike Mm, I said it could either be Mordor or because you know all of our references are Lord of the Rings or like if you were really close up it kind of looks like it could be like another planet um because there is some, there are some plants that are growing in the uh, out of the volcanic rock. So, yeah, there are some. I said it looked a little like Land of the Lost, mm. which is a '90s reference for anybody who remembers that. But yeah, we're about to turn around and head back, and um, I bet it takes us a little bit longer. It only took us probably like 45 minutes to get out here. Yeah, 45 minutes, and then um, but we're gonna have to go uphill to get back to the beginning of the trail. So magma, according to nationalgeographic.org, magma is extremely hot liquid and semi-liquid rock underneath the Earth's surface. Okay. And when magma flows onto the Earth's surface, it is called lava. Got it. I mean, I guess that stands to argue that like we never really see magma. No, unless I mean, unless you're in the movie The, the Core <laughs> with Aaron Eckhart and Hilary Swank. Oh, my Swank. God. Yeah. Did you see that movie? Yeah, of course I oh did. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed yeah. with that movie. Hi, I love the weather and all, like, <laughs> movies related to the weather. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm obsessed with that movie. There is this a moment in that movie where they're, like, literally, like, well, I mean, we can't go into the Earth's core. Right. And then there's this dramatic pause of, but... What if we could? Yeah. I know. And it like hin- the whole movie hinges on this like one moment. Anyway. Well, Stanley Tucci's in it too. So like, you know, I give know. me Stanley Tucci or give me death. <laughs> Literally. Give me a full ballerina skirt and into saloon and I'm on board. <laughs> That's right. a Stanley Tucci quote from Devil Wears Prada. Of course it is. Anyway. Anyway. The, um, yeah. Tell me more about this magma larva. Okay. So I geek out about volcanoes this, uh, similarly, but um, mm. so this is from the United States Geological Survey and it's a little bit about exactly how hot this Hawaiian volcano was when it erupted. So okay. um, according to the USGS... The eruption temperature, the lava that came out of the Kilauea crater mm-hmm. when it erupted, 
was about 1,170 degrees Celsius, which is 2,140 degrees Fahrenheit. Great. So that's very, very hot. Yes. (laughs) It's like the temperature inside of a kiln. Kilns get that hot. I would have thought the lava would have been hotter, actually. Yeah. So the color of incandescent rock gives a crude estimate of temperature. Oh, okay. According to them. Oh, Um, that's interesting. Yellow indicates a temperature of about 1,000 to 1,200 degrees Celsius, which is like 1832 Mm -hmm. to 2192 Fahrenheit. Orange indicates a slightly cooler temperature of about 800 to 1,000 degrees Celsius, Mm -hmm. which is like 1,400 to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. And red is even cooler at 600 to 800 degrees Celsius, which is like 1,100 to 1,400. Okay. The outer surface of erupting lava cools like incredibly quickly when it is first exposed to air. Like it cools like hundreds of degrees per second. All right. Well, that kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. The USGS.gov is a great resource to learn all about lava. I just watched this video about how they, like, literally take active lava and, like, put it in something that, like, cools it so they can take it and study it. Because they have to study the magnesium levels of the lava to see, like, what's happening below the earth. I geeked out over it. Yeah, clearly. So. Like, 1,000% geek out over that. Yes. Yeah. 1,000 degrees. Celsius. degrees Celsius geek out. Yes. Yeah. And with that, let's take another break. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage... Gemma Stone. Gemma Stone. She sounds like she could be Karen Stone's sister. She does. The House of Stone. And she's a riff on Emma Stone, obviously. She is a riff on Emma Stone. Oh, just like... I mean, okay, here we have another full intersection of the three. Like, Karen Stone is the intersection of, like, you know, a real name, a riff on someone else's name, and a pun. Yeah. And Gemma Stone is the same. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, I love that. The House of Stone is a triple intersection. (laughs) Triple intersection. Indeed. Because people are named Gemma. Yeah. So Gemma Stone could absolutely be a real name. Yeah. It is a riff on Emma Stone, and it is a pun on Gemstone. Mm-hmm. So who is Gemma Stone? Um, Gemma Stone is, I feel like, a metaphysical queen. She's like into crystals and tarot cards, and she is taking direct inspiration from Stevie Nicks in her wardrobe decisions. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> I feel like she is, she has... Like, her looks, she could, like, erupt right off of a tarot card. Oh, yeah, I think so. Like, she's the high priestess, for sure. Or the empress, 100%. Um, Right. And there's something very cold about and angular about her, uh, the way she, like, beats her face. Yeah. Well, I think that, like, directly relates to, you know, her obsession with the facets, the many facets of different stones themselves. Her act is tailored, um, so she may, like really like dig in deeply into a specific gemstone like for I one love for that and like her outfit and her you know her song stylings just may relate that. to that so like she might be like onyx mm-hmm. one one show yeah. and then for the next one she might be pyrite yeah and for the next one citrine. she might be citrine yeah mm. yeah so oh, I yeah love that oh yeah she's digging deep in there what song does she sing what song does she sing or lip sync to yeah <laughs> 
I think she does Seven Wonders by oh. Stevie Nicks. Great. Just like the end of Coven. Just like the end of Coven. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah. And I think she also like has perhaps like cut into that song, like moments of like from like 80s cartoons where like there were witches and mystical characters that like did summoning spells mm. and she just has all these different right. things so throughout. Right, like little Rita Repulsa. Exactly. Like, even though that was like 90s, but That was yeah. 90s, but yeah. yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get so you, I like get you. Interspersed. Mm-hmm. What was the song for Gem and the Holograms like? Here comes gold, glitter and gold, here comes Maybe that's gold, her intro music. Glitter and gold, oh, truly outrageous and beautiful, <laughs> bold. This is the day for glitter and gold. I glitter actually, and gold. yeah, yeah. I feel like there's something there for her too. I think there is too. Yeah. She could do something. With yeah. That. I mean, Jim and the Holograms has like an enormous catalog of yeah. music yeah. that is amazing, and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. I used to watch it all the time, <laughs> and that's why you are the way you are. Today. And that is why I am the way I am. Right. It happened one day on a Tuesday afternoon <laughs> while I was eating Skittles and watching Gem and Holograms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Gemma Stone. So we reached the end of the EK Creator and had kind of just sat to snack. Uh, those rocks were very, very tough to sit on. I remember like it being, the ground was just like, craggy and pumicey in like a way but not soft by any means like I just remember if you, hurting when I stood yeah, up like if you yeah. put your hand on it it felt like uh it was very textured yes I'll yeah. say that it was textured yeah. and maybe even one might call it a little spiky at yeah places. yeah definitely um and so we had finished our snack and we started to make our way back across the pretty craggy section of this hike um again we were at a stopping point because the NPS had closed off the rest of the loop trail that would have like brought us back to our car. Um, But because of the eruption in 2018, a lot of the park had kind of been closed for reassessment um, as to as far as whether trails should be opened or could be reopened. Um, So we had to kind of make it a there and back hike. So we started our trek back across the crater. And I think really no one at that point was headed out. Like even that family that kind of was hiking with us, they must have turned around at some point. Like they didn't come the full way out. And I feel like crossing that whole craggy section, that was like a little bit more work that we needed to do. I didn't see anybody coming out towards no, us. There were still some people. There were some people that had sat down near us to snack. Mm-hmm. And then I think they were still there when we left. I mean, it didn't take us very long to get out of the craggy section. Yeah. But it was still, you know, be careful where you put your foot. You want to... The other thing is that staying on the trails is so, so, so important for a myriad of reasons. I was really trying to like see, okay, where am I walking? Where is the area that I'm designated to be? Yeah. And it was a little hard to see right there in that craggy area. Yeah. Yeah. On that crater. But it, we figured it out and it was what it was. And yeah. that brought us back to the like sort the of flatter big, section, flatter open section, yeah. which again looks very flat from up top, but in theory, in but theory. in practice being on the ground 
it isn't the flattest. No, it's no. sort of you know. It is undulating the surface, so it's kind of like you're up and down like little hills here and there. Right. Um, it's not anywhere near as up and down, or I would he- even hesitate to say treacherous as the section that we were just coming from. Also, remember at this moment in time, there were lots of like I think we encountered at least two or three like pairs of people who were like, "I'm taking selfies inside of a volcano." Yeah. Like, okay. Hey guys, I'm here and I'm yeah. inside of a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was a lot of um social media happening all yeah, around us yeah. in that moment. And the weather had changed too at this point because it was like a, a decently sunny day with a lot of clouds in the sky and it had pretty much just totally clouded over. I think there was like a threat of rain that day and I think we even got a little like towards the end. Like it was definitely like overcast at this point. So I feel like maybe a lot of people were like, yeah, maybe it's not a great idea to cross this giant crater when like we could get dumped on with rain. So... Right. Yeah. But we made our way across this crater. Yeah. Headed back to the switchbacks, which I wasn't terribly excited about on no, the way I think, back up. I think we were also kind of exhausted and it really wasn't from the hiking. It was the fact that our bodies were just like, I think it was like six o'clock on the East Coast and it was, you know, whatever it was. So it was noon probably at this time. And I just remember feeling like, everything in me was tired and like wanted to die just yeah. from the jet lag. I think um, it probably would have been a good idea to do just like a day of adjustment. Right. But we, we didn't, didn't budget have that luxury. That. We didn't have that luxury. <laughs> we didn't budget that into the budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We made it across the big open crater and yeah. we headed back to the switchbacks and we started making our way up, which I thought was going to take us a little while. Yeah. But I think we did it a little faster than we thought. So we just finished up that trail and how long did that take it was like two hours flat yeah it only took us like 20 minutes to get back up the switchbacks which was i was surprised at that yeah i thought that was gonna be a little they longer nice and gradual it was um yeah it was pretty easy uh yeah no sweat after we made our way back up to the parking lot we had to hike that kind of i mean it was sort of i guess like a half mile back to the car I think it was like a mile at least. It was a mile? Yeah. Anyway, it was a beautiful walk. I just remember it being short. Yeah. And so we made our way over to the car. Yeah. I think we both like called respective, like at that point, like families. It was like, maybe this is a good time to just say hi. And, you know, I think we had texted. You had talked to your mom via FaceTime earlier. So So I FaceTimed again and made sure my niece was on the phone so she could see this uh, volcano. And that's, she thought that's where you lived. She thought that was where (laughs) I lived. She was like, you, that's where you live. Yeah. 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 My beautiful niece, Sadie, thinks that I live in all of these places. Yeah. So yeah, um, we we did that, yeah. and then we kept going on this trail, and it was you know a beautiful, lovely walk. Yeah, but that brought us back to the car. The next thing that we had wanted to do again, the hiking was limited at this point in the park, but we wanted to go down the devastation trail, and then eventually down the chain of craters road. Basically. The chain of craters road. So we had to move the car again. So we drove, and it wasn't that far to get to devastation trail at that point. Right. So we go to the uh, parking lot, mm-hmm. which was kind of full, but yeah. it was. But there were some spots still yeah. there, so we parked. Now there are some roads in. Hawaii volcanoes that we obviously knew were closed. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was called the Devastation Trail. Mm -hmm. So we went to the end of the parking lot to the trail that we saw there. And Mm -hmm. then we saw our first placard that told us about the Hawaiian state bird. I think it is important to note right now that we are entering Nene territory. 
I don't even know if that is how it is pronounced. I could be totally wrong, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's pronounced Nene territory, um, which is a type of bird. The Hawaiian state bird. The Hawaiian state bird. Mm-hmm. So, um, the anyway, they tell us all over the place, do not feed them, but we are about to go down the devastation trail. Yeah. Oh, it's round trip. It's only a mile, so it's only a half mile down. Oh, look, look at that. that. Yeah. Things we're figuring out right here. It says press button. I did. Nothing happened. Oh, well, there's like a solar panel here on this um, placard sign. Um, The devastation trail is the thing that you walk down to see um, the remnants of what happened after... An eruption in 1959. Correct. So that's where we're headed now. And it is pronounced Nene. And as someone personally who is like obsessed with birds and obsessed with the idea of birding, though I haven't fully done it yet, this was pretty cool because yeah, this is the only place in the world to see these birds. Yeah. And, uh, and so, they're yeah. endangered. And they are endangered. Yep. This was the very beginning of the two of us seeing birds and thinking that they were Nene. Yeah. But they weren't, in fact. They nene. were false Nene. They were false Nene. Yeah. Phone. Fene. Fene. Exactly. Yeah. We set off on the trail. Yeah. The map was pretty clear about it being a a trail because on the map, like roads look a certain way and trails look another way. Trails are dotted lines. So we're following this trail. What we're seeing on our left is sort of just like it's sort of of deserty. Yeah, but like gravelly almost gravelly too yeah like yeah like gravelly desert with like very little plant life i think there was some signage about the fact that they were trying to reestablish plants in the area so to like it was roped off to like not walk on that there was a very clear trail it's a very clear trail yeah and so we were like okay like we're you know walking and then as we keep going there was a couple that had like a private tour guide with them and they they were on their honeymoon i'm pretty sure they were yeah i think and i was listening in on the tour guides tour and um we essentially approached the end of this trail right and we suddenly find ourselves looking at the kilauea crater again from a different angle the kilauea iki crater yeah we were like, wait, what? Yeah. No. And this was, there was a woman there with her four children. Yes. Who were so excited yeah. about this volcano. And they were like running in a million directions. And I was just, I was running with them too. Because yeah. I was excited. <laughs> right. You were mentally running with them. Mentally running with them. I yeah. wasn't running right. by any means. Yeah. Because I was too tired. Yeah. But the energy of these children did definitely give me enough energy to continue on for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But we were standing there and we were like, um, I don't know. I don't know if this yeah. is right. Well, I think there was like the trail when we had read about it, it was like start in the parking lot, take the trail, walk, you know, like, and then you'll hit another parking lot and then follow that. And you'll end up going down the devastation trail. And I think what happened was we thought we were in the right parking lot. Like if you wanted to, you could do it that way. You could right. you could go from one parking lot to the next to down the devastation trail and make the distance of the trail a little bit longer for you. And I think that's what we thought we had done. And we actually were in the middle 
of where we needed it to be. Like right. we, the parking lot we ended up in was like where you would start if you wanted the trail to be long and then you would head back to the parking lot that we were in and then down the devastation trail. So we totally goofed. We totally goofed and we had to turn around and figure out what to do next. Before we place some Jeopardy, let's put this hike on the Karen Stone scale. Great. The Kilauea Trail, which involves like some switchbacks through the rainforest, a flat sort of open hike across the crater, mm-hmm. and then an up and down bumpy, craggy kind of craggy trek across another section of the crater. I'm going to say a four or a five. I didn't think it was particularly difficult, but there was like a little bit of challenge um, when it came to like the switchbacks, even though they were quick, like that added some distance and height that we had to kind of account for. And then getting to that craggy section, you had to be a little bit more thoughtful about what you were doing. So for me, it was like a four or five. What about you? Let's make a choice. Okay. I'm going to say a four then. A four. I'm going to say a four too. Great. (laughs) (laughs) The Libra. I I can't choose between which one. I'll oscillate forever. I'll oscillate. Mm -hmm. Like a fan. That is your middle name. Yeah. Michael Oscillate Ryan. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, I would also give it a five because. A five? I would give it a five only because the the switchbacks on the way up could can are a little steep yeah 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 that's why so a nine out of 20 a nine out of 20 on the karen stone scale all right it's time for jeopardy dusty do you want to start us off sure great my jeopardy is called hawaii in the movies oh all right cool let's great. see so you have to guess the film that is set in hawaii based entirely on a critical amazon review <laughs> Wonderful. These are real Amazon reviews lifted directly from Amazon.com. Are you ready? I am ready. Hawaii in the movies for 100. A 14-year-old boy might think this is funny, but it's shallow and stupid. Maybe the Jason Segel nudity was supposed to carry this, but there was literally only one scene in this whole movie that made me laugh. What a waste of time. What is forgetting Sarah Marshall? Correct. How could anyone forget that movie? Right. Or Jason Siegel's nudity. <laughs> or, right. For 200. An insipid film. The jokes cater to those who are either immature or easily amused, and the camera incessantly cuts to wacky animals and groups of children in a desperate, grotesque attempt to sell humor. Here, have a half a dozen shots of a kooky penguin. Here, have a barfing walrus. Here, have a joke about spam. The cookie-cutter island setting is shallow as the characters, both intended to be colorful but rather drowning in cliché for lack of substance. And the island soundtrack made me want to stop my ears with a pair of screwdrivers. Not even Drew Barrymore's performance can save this for me. What is Fifty First Dates? That is correct. Hawaii in the movies for 300 Very slow-moving, very predictable, wealthy family in Hawaii with jaded and spoiled kids, beautiful homes overlooking the ocean, etc. Final catch is basically a denouement. I fail to see how Clooney got nominated for this. What is the descendants? That is correct. Did you write that Amazon review? Because I know (laughs) you feel that way about that movie. I really like that movie. Yeah. (laughs) I did watch that movie on the plane leaving Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Because... It was there. That's right. It was there. I think they do. You got to sell your brands, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hawaii in the movies for 400. Mm-hmm. 
totally inaccurate, blatantly using ships that were not even built until the 1960s or 70s as part of the battle scene, totally ruined the movie for me. You would think with all the computer animation that they would have covered up the historical inaccuracies. Bad writing, bad acting, computer graphics that look like cartoons stuck in a live-action movie, but without the charm of Ben and Jerry or Gene Kelly. What is Pearl Harbor? Correct. Well done. You're nailing this. I know. And finally... Hawaii in the movies for 500. Right. I had no problem with the acting. I was enjoying the movie until that happened. I w- had already guessed where it was going when the Zahn character suddenly went from a wimp to a tough guy, when the man from the store showed up to give him something left behind. Alas, I continued to watch, hoping vainly that it would not use such cheap tactics. Once it did, I quickly ejected the DVD for I wasn't going to allow a screenwriter or director to waste another second of my time. I was livid. How dare they pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. What is 40... No, what is six days, seven nights? Incorrect. What is the perfect getaway? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. The perfect getaway takes yes. place on mostly on Kauai. Yeah. And it is about hiking the Kelalau Trail. Yes. But it is a thriller. Yes. All right. Yes. It was recommended to me by my stepmother. And I did love, I loved this movie. I know. This person really went hard on this movie, but I really liked it. Wow. Here we go. Here we so go. So that's Hawaii in the movies. Hawaii in the movies. Okay. My category is called Vulcan or Volcant. And it's Ooh. all about volcano gods. Oh, so. I love that. All right. Ready? Vulcan or Volcant for 100. The god Vulcan is associated with flames and metalworking, most often appearing with a hammer in his hand. He also held sway over volcanoes and deserts in this polytheistic religion that definitely wasn't built in a day. What is Roman? Yeah, the Roman religion, the Roman Roman pantheon of gods. Great. Great. Vulcan or Vulcant for 200. The goddess of volcanoes and the hula, Pele is one of the most important deities in the islands of Hawaii. In order to escape her sister, Namaka, she rode to what is now the 50th state from this other tropical destination, the largest island in French Polynesia and a popular honeymoon location. What is Fiji? No, Tahiti. Oh, what Tahiti. Is Tahiti. Yeah. Okay, okay. Volcan or Volcant for 300. Sakuya Hime, known as the Blossom Princess, a title she stole from you, and the symbol of delicate life on Earth, is the goddess of volcanoes in this eastern island chain nation, also known as the land of the rising sun. What is Japan? That is correct. Volcan or Volcant for 400. In Aztec mythology, all fire was created by Zaiuchi Kudli, as he was the god of energy, time, heat, light, and volcanoes. Honored in many ways, ritual sacrifice to him was especially important at the end of this 52-year period when the sacred and solar of these synced up and ended. Oh, a 52-year period? Mm-hmm. When the sacred and solar of these synced up and ended. Okay. I have no idea. It's a calendar. Oh, a oh, calendar. A calendar. Okay. All right. Great. 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 All right. Last clue. Vulcan or Vul- Vulcant for 500. I now really fully understand that last question. Yeah. Great. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> a skilled metal worker and crafter, Hephaestus, the counterpart to the Roman god Vulcan, was specifically associated with this famous Sicilian volcano that sounds an awful lot like a health insurance provider. Oh, oh, I don't know. What is that? What is Mount Etna? 
Ah, yes. Yeah. Etna. Etna Insurance. Got it. Yeah. Volcan or Volcan? I guess you Volcan. I guess I Volcan today. <laughs> that was a good category, though. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. To see images from this episode, follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. Contact us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And for a more in-depth look at this park and all the other parks featured on the podcast, visit our website at gazeatthenationalparks.com. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. All original music is written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Skleos. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. We would like to acknowledge that while hiking in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, that we were hiking on the traditional lands of the Kanaka Owevi people. Tune in in two weeks for our final episode on Hawaii Volcanoes. 